Turn your Bibles, if you would, to Isaiah 46, 42. Sorry. Isaiah 42. I want to preach to me tonight. Why don't you listen? How's that? <laughs> Every once in a while, I just need preaching to you. And I love this portion of Scripture. <clears throat> now, we know that the Bible has a primary reason for everything and it has a secondary reason. And the primary reason of this chapter or who it's talking about primarily is Christ Himself. But being that we're in Christ, it applies to us too. So if you would please, uh, Isaiah 42 verse 1. Behold my servant whom I uphold, mine elect, in whom my soul delighteth. I put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not cry, nor lift up, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed shall not he not break, and the spoken flax shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment unto truth. He shall not fail, nor be discouraged till he have set judgment in the earth, and now shall wait for his law. Thus saith God the Lord, He that created the heavens and stretches them out, he that spreadeth forth the earth and that which cometh out of it, he that giveth breath unto the people upon it and spirit to them that walk therein. I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness and will, up, and will hold thy hand and will keep thee and give thee a covenant of the people for a light of the Gentiles to open their blind eyes to bring out the prisoners from the prison and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight in Jesus' precious name. And Lord, every one of us here tonight just needs a blessing from on high. And Lord, we ask you to give us one from thy word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It seems every time I turn around lately, I'm doing something crazy. I stuck a thing in my hand, and then I was putting the dishes in the uh, dishwasher, and I jammed, I jammed a fork underneath my fingernail. Now, if you ain't never done that, you never had a thrill. <laughs> I never did that before, but it sure made me know there's one there. But it just—I don't know what it is. I, my voice is giving me a fit, and it seemed like everything I've touched lately has either fell on me or something. And, and so I've just been going through a little time. And so I—I I was studying today, and I come up here for a few minutes and just ask the Lord for a blessing today. And I read this, and and I went back to an old sermon that I got years ago for Francis Dixon out of England. And uh, he talked about Francis Ridley Hagerall was a great writer of lovely hymns. She wrote hundreds of hymns in her short 43 years before she died. But when she lay dying, she asked a friend to read to her Isaiah chapter 42. And as one reading to her reads verse 6, Francis was heard to make a running commentary on that one verse. She said, called, held, kept, used, 
I think I'll go on to heaven with that. And she died. But I want to add one word to that if I can tonight. Love. Which is indicated in verse 1. Behold my servant, which I pull with mine elect, in whom my soul delighteth. Here's five links in a golden chain, I call it. Have you ever thought how wonderful it is that we as Christians are loved, called, held, kept, mused? Now all scripture, like I said before, has a primary application and a secondary application. And if you study these verses, it could be talking about no one but Christ, God's only beloved Son. But, like I said a few minutes ago, uh, when you get saved, you're in Christ Jesus. Now, if we're in Christ Jesus, then we can take these things to our own account. And so, uh, number one, first of all, we're loved. Verse one says, Behold my servant, whom I uphold, mine elect, and whom my soul delighteth. As we've said uh, these words again, uh, is talking about Jesus, but uh, they declare the Father's love for the Son. Five times in the book of John, Jesus is declared by John to be the only begotten Son. These words are also true of us. It's hard to understand how God can love us when we uh, say with Job in Job 40 verse 4, I am vile. It's hard to understand how God can love us when we know our hearts are deceitful above all things and desperate wicked. Jeremiah 17, 9. When we know ourselves, though, I, I talk to people all the time, and this is something I believe with all my heart. You can't fool yourself. You know that? You know yourself. And, uh, and when we know ourselves, it's hard to understand how the Bible says that God delights in us, and yet He does. He don't love our sins, but He loves us. In the new po position in which the child of God has been brought by faith in Christ Jesus, we are clothed in righteousness, Isaiah 61 and verse 10. Now, all times we're cast down, we're discouraged. Sometimes the devil tempts us to believe that because of our unworthiness, God no longer loves us. But the devil, the Bible says the devil is a liar and a father of it. And sometimes you just got to call him the liar that he is. John 13, 1, John tells us that Jesus, knowing that soon he must depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. Man, I love that. I'd read that all the time. I love to read. You know, I don't understand these people to think you can get saved and lose your salvation. And they say, we'll hold out to the end. Those that hold out to the end shall be saved. Well, uh, how could you miss a verse like that? That the Bible says, I've loved you, and you will love them unto the end. And he loved failing Peter. Uh, he loved doubting Thomas. Hebrews 13, verse 8, he's the same yesterday, today, forever. His love never changes. So we can rejoice in God's great love towards us. Secondly, we're called. Verse 6 says, I am the Lord. Uh, I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness. This tells us two things. This tells us that the Lord, who has loved us all eternity and called us to put our trust in Him as our Lord and Savior. Now, one thing I believe with all my soul, God called me. I didn't run in to find God. He called me. He saved me. He found me. 
and saving. Secondly, it also tells us that God has a plan and a purpose for our lives. I've had so many people over the years since I've been in ministry that sit in my office in tears and wondering, what am I here for? I mean, you know, they just they just lost. And I've been to so many uh, mental institutions that people have asked me to go visit and uh, visit people in those institutions. And, and I, I never will forget one young woman. I mean, she had to be in her 30s. She had three beautiful children. She showed me the pictures of them. While I was there talking with her, her husband called her on the phone. He begged her to come home. And she said, I got nothing to live for. I don't want to go home. And she really didn't have anything to live for, according to her. But I can honestly tell you, I believe this with all my soul, God has a purpose for every life. He's got something for you. Every life. I don't care who you are or what you look like or your size or nothing else. God has a purpose for you. It was so in the case of the Lord Jesus in eternity. Uh, Jesus set himself apart for redemption of the world. Revelation 13.8 He is a lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So Jesus came in this world for a purpose and so we have a purpose. In Psalms 40, verse 7 and 8, it is said of him, Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book it is written to me. I delight to do thy will, O my God. And in fullness of time, in 1 John 4, verse 14, the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Jesus came in the world to save sinners, 1 Timothy 1, and verse 15. And so, if Jesus had a purpose to come in this world, so do you and I. Every human being has a purpose that God can use. And when we first put our trust in the Lord as our Savior, uh, we discovered that God not only loved us and saved us by His grace, but He's called us. First, He has called us unto salvation. Secondly, He's called us unto service. Often we associate the call of God with preaching in music directors or youth directors or evangelists or missionaries. But the truth is, God calls housewives, He calls mothers, He calls dad, He calls electrician, He calls office workers, He calls doctors and lawyers, and on and on and on. God calls everybody for the purpose that they're in. I never will forget a doctor that Dr. Curtis Hudson told me about. He said there was a doctor up in Atlanta that went to his church and got saved. He wanted to be a soul winner so bad. And uh, he went through Dr. Hudson's soul winner class and he said, now when you talk to people, he asked him, he said, if you wish to die today, do you know where you spend eternity? And this man came in his office and he said, I'm going to try it out on him. And he came in for a checkup. And the man, he sat there on the table after he gave him a good physical checkup. And he said, sir, if you was to die today, do you know where you turn, spend eternity? He said, the man just plop, fell right out, passed out on the table. He woke up and he said, what am I dying of, princess? I mean, doctor. <laughs> he scared him to death. But he went back to Dr. Hudson and he said, I can't do that in my profession, Curtis. <laughs> but everybody has a purpose. And everybody has a reason on this earth. Everybody don't have to preach. You can be a witness for the Lord anywhere you're at. Uh, the first Christians were not pro professed evangelists. They were personal evangelists. Acts chapter 8 verse 7 says they went everywhere preaching the word. That is all. 
Did you know that we're all called for the same purpose? That's to win souls to Christ, no matter who you are and what you're doing. Thirdly, we're held. In verse 6, the Bible says, The Lord will hold thy hand. I like that. Think of this. Of all the saved, born-again people in the world today, yet God holds my hand. Amen. Amen. Think of that. Uh, your ever children are individuals. Uh, Isaiah 41 and verse 10. Fear thy not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Always remember this, uh, if you can. When we're most fearful, when we're most troubled, when we're most heartbroken, when we're most weakest, Jesus will help us. And Jesus will uphold us with his right hand. Now, I believe that. A great preacher friend of mine once told this to he had such a fear of going to the pulpit to preach before his congregation. Then finally one day, he went to his doctor for a complete checkup after a thorough examination. His doctor pronounced him 100% fit. His doctor was a Christian man. And he turned to him and said, Preacher, I could give you something to take away those awful feelings of insecurity and apprehensions which lay you low before you appear in the pulpit. But I'm not going to do it. Because if I did, you would lose your sense of absolute dependence upon the Lord, which is essential if you are to be fruitful in the Lord's service. And that preacher went on to say, uh, I, Could I not acknowledge before the Lord that I believe wholeheartedly that when I am weak, then I am strong, Second Corinthians 12.10. And yet, at the same time, trust the Lord and to banish my fears as I could go forth to serve him confidently in fullness of his strength and will and joy. I believe that if all Christians could only realize the work that we do is not our work, it's the Lord's. It's the Lord's work. And the Lord ever asked the child of God to do is make themselves available to do what God has called you to do. Fourthly, we're kept in verse 6 again says, I, the Lord, will keep thee. It's wonderful to be held by the Lord. But it's more wonderful that these holding guarantees is keeping. This simply means one who holds us assumes the responsibility of our lives from beginning to end. I love to see a big old daddy. I watched brother. Uh, one's got my little gal in him. He's back in the back. I watched him coming in while I go, did you see him holding that little girl? That wasn't that precious, that big old rascal holding that little girl. Now, let me tell you something. She's safe. She's safe. Amen. She's depending on him. And she could lay her head right back on old daddy's shoulder and go right on. And listen, that's exactly what the Lord has told us to do. Philippians 1, 6. He which has begun a good work in thee, will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. 2 Timothy 4.18 The Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me or keep me unto his heavenly kingdom of whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank God we don't do the keeping. God does the keeping. Amen. Finally, we're used. Look at verse 6 and 7 again now, this chapter. 
I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness, and will hold thee, thy hand, and will keep thee, and give thee for a covenant to the people, for a light of the Gentiles, to open the blind eyes, to bring out the prisoners from the prison, and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. I thank God He not only loves us and calls us and holds us by the hand, He keeps us. The wonder of all wonders is that He can use us. I never get over the fact that God can use me. I, I, I don't want to ever get over it. Every day of my life, I think about one thing. God uses me for His purpose. I look back on my ministry sometime and the places I've been and the people that I've dealt with. And every time I've had to come away and say, Thank God for using me. If I can be a blessing to somebody or I can be a help to somebody, I want God to use me. And it, it, I'm not like one old fellow said to me years ago under Brother Nam, my former pastor. He said, you're just one of his little puppets. Uh, whatever he says for you to do, you'll do it. I said, I'm not serving Brother Nam. I'm serving the Lord. Amen. And I want God to use me any way he can. Amen. It doesn't make any difference either. I don't have to be up front. I don't have to be in the back or nowhere else. Wherever I am, I want God to use me. And however He can use me. And I think about these things. If you look in the chain, there's, there's, there's links in it. And my wife's jewelry sometimes, you know, she gets me to put on her necklace for her lately. And the, I get them all crinked up and messed up now to straighten them out. But I notice something. They're linked to one another. Each one of them. And it wouldn't be a necklace without it. And uh, I think about it sometime. These links in the golden chain and how they fit together. And God loves us. Amen. And don't ever think, and don't you ever let the devil tell you God don't love you and God's not going to take care of you. I just believe doing something that I learned several years ago. If it's going bad today, wait 24 hours. Just wait. You know, good things, the Bible says, I think the Bible says it might come to my granddaddy, I don't know. But good things come to them that wait. Amen. I believe that. And I, and I just keep going. Because tomorrow's going to be better. Amen. Stand with me, please. Heavenly Father, you are good to us. And the way you keep us and love us and hold us and use us. Lord, we want to be used to you. We don't know what we do if we couldn't be used to you. And so, Lord, we thank you for all your goodness to us tonight. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Thank you very much. Shake hands with somebody, please. I know you go.